Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Elite Seller Show. Today's guest is Destiny Wishone. And Destiny, she is the CEO of Better AMS. She's an absolutely amazing individual. She runs a fantastic full-service Amazon PPC agency. And this woman definitely knows her stuff. I can tell you I met her in South Florida at a recent Amazon meetup event, and she is by far a rock star in this particular field. Uh, she definitely has a full-service agency that you can reach out to. I'll provide the details for that afterwards. And Destiny, I'll let you kick it off. Well, after an intro like that, I hope no one is let down with everything we have to say today. That, that was a strong start. Hey, no problem. That's what I'm here for. So in today's episode of Pumped Up Clicks brought to you by the Elite Seller Show, we're going to be talking about the biggest Amazon advertising mistakes we see that Destiny sees when auditing larger brands. So Destiny, what do you normally run into when you bump into larger brands? First of all, I know that you have a very strict criteria uh, for client acquisition. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So a little bit of background on Better AMS. We initially got started around five years ago when the industry was really a lot simpler. There was really basic ad types. You know, it was CPCs were ridiculous and you could drive a lot of return on minimal budgets. Well, as the years have gone by, Amazon's gotten much more competitive and we've kind of changed our strategies to really be focusing on scale. So a lot of brands we work with are typically, you know, large vendors in the space and or sellers doing more than $200,000 a month. And that's really, you know, allowed us to adopt a specific strategy that aligns with those types of sellers. So we kind of get to dive into all the fun, new, shiny things. We're a part of the partner program. So it allows us to have a slight competitive advantage when it comes to everything Amazon advertising. Well, that's a very interesting setup that you guys have there. And I imagine that the type of clients that you've chosen over the years has evolved and as well as your strategies. Speaking of which strategies, what would you say is uh, your most effective strategy when it comes to Prime Day? I would say knowing the worth of your placements. I think this is really important. Most people don't realize that you can control exactly where your ad's showing up. It's not a black box or a magical algorithm. If you bid well and choose the right keywords, you know exactly where you're showing up. So one thing for a lot of our consumable or replenishable products that we chose to do is focus on showing up top of search. So for one keyword alone, we spent $40,000. It did drive a very high return and our cost for acquisition was in a really strong spot, but we knew we had a prime badge, which meant that our conversion rate was gonna be higher, our click-through rate was gonna be higher. So we created specific campaigns targeting those placements that we knew were gonna be really powerful for our overall brand goals. And then we went really, really hard on those and spent a ton of money, which was really fun and exciting. But I think the biggest overall recommendation I could have is starting to think strategically about your Amazon ads. It's not as cheap as what it used to be. You can't just throw up a few campaigns and expect to make thousands of dollars. You need to set up campaigns with a purpose. You need to have campaigns for ranking, have campaigns for competitor acquisition, things like that, and really kind of take it to the next level of, not an auto campaign and a manual campaign with a thousand keywords. You are setting things up for very specific long-term reasons. And obviously with these campaigns that you're setting up, you're clearly going after the hero keyword, the one that's going to have the highest search volume and also have the most bang for your buck. Exactly. And the most bang for your organic ranking. I think if anything that's changed in the last few years, it's you can't throw up a product and give away a hundred units and be on page one. 
Like Amazon cracked down on ranking manipulation and it's much harder to get on page one. So what we've really started looking at is how well are we converting for these keywords? How much traffic are we driving? And then seeing the, the correlation between our spend and our total sales, I think is an important metric to really understand. If you're just focused strictly on profitability, you may be hurting your brand in the long run because you may be losing market share and rank. And speaking of market share and rank, what are your thoughts on campaign structure and organization as you scale your business? It is the number one most important thing you can do is have amazing structure. As I mentioned, there are at least 50 different campaigns you can run per ASIN like 50 different strategies. If you're really looking at scaling and getting precise with your targeting, with that, you need to have amazing naming. You need to have amazing structure to make sure you can scale. If you have multiple ASINs, you should be running, you know, individual campaigns for those ASINs, especially if they're all their own, you know, adult listings, things like that. All of that makes a huge difference for scaling. So you can keep track of, hey, this is for ranking, this is for profitability. This is for customer acquisition. This is for targeting a specific competitor. You have to have amazing naming and structure to make that happen. So with these amazing structures, obviously that your business better AMS definitely sets up for your clients. What do you see as the normal ROI when it comes down to the campaigns? So overall, our average ACOS is 25%. We typically, again, work with brands that are focusing more on scale. So something that's really important for those brands is organic growth and brand growth. So we almost always recommend once you kind of turn that point where you have the cash flow to buy your inventory and you're looking at growing your brand, we recommend running at break even. So knowing your margins for all of your products and then breaking even because the more traffic you drive through ads and the better you convert, the better your organic ranking is. So that's kind of how we view the majority of things. Different ad types will also have different returns. Different strategies will have different returns. If you're only focusing on ranking, you may want to invest more than your margin. If you're focused on like sponsored product, product targeting, that may have a higher return because it's a really good placement just for profitability reasons. So those are all the things that we consider when we're looking at strategy. Perfect. And in your honest opinion, what ad types make the biggest difference for Amazon sellers? The ones that really push the needle? This can be like a whole conversation. Let's make it a conversation. <laughs> Let's start super high level, then we can get a little bit more granular. High level sponsored products typically drive around 70% of your advertising sales. The reason being is they have more placements on the page. If you type in any keyword, the first thing you're going to see is a headline search ad, one placement. Then you're going to typically see four sponsored product ads and then the four organically ranked products. Then you have six to seven other sponsored product placements. And then at the bottom of the page, you have three sponsor brand placements and maybe a video on search ad. The product detail page also has a ton of sponsored product ad placements. So in general, we see sponsored products drives the majority of sales. And that's just because they have more ad inventory than any of the other sponsored placements. And customers like them because they look native to an organic placement. Most consumers probably don't know the difference in a sponsored ad and a regular ad. So we always recommend maxing out your sponsored product ads, keyword targeting, category targeting, product targeting. All of those can be ran just through sponsored products. Um, moving up the funnel to things that require brand registry, sponsored brand ads are amazing for a few reasons. One, it's the first placement on the page. It does not matter like what a customer is looking for. The first thing they see is that sponsored brand headline search ad, which makes it really, really powerful. 
And then you can drive to your store, you can cross sell your products. It typically drives around, you know, 15 to 20% of your overall sales. Sponsor Brands Video has made that even more powerful because it shows up in the middle of search. It's a huge placement. It's a cost per click model. So that does absolutely amazing. And then the next ad types, the new shiny object syndrome of the industry is definitely sponsored display. So old school sponsored display used to just be like product targeting, category targeting. It did incredibly well. But nowadays they're starting to drip out DSP ad types into sponsored display, which means we have the ability to remarket audiences, to prospect audiences, to target lifestyle segments. So all of that's really amazing, really cool. Sponsored display is a major competitive advantage for any brand, but it's more disruptive and more top of the funnel. So the return may not be as high when you're kind of looking at what you should and shouldn't run. Sponsored display is amazing, but the return is probably not as amazing as sponsored products. So what updates in the Amazon advertising platform are you most excited about? A few really big ones. We recently got what's called the impression share report. And this is for both sponsored products and sponsored brands. What it allows us to do is pull the impression share on the search term level. So I was talking to a brand today and I was auditing their brand and he tells me, he's like, yeah, we always win the sponsor products here. I don't know why we're not showing up right now. He was like, we're usually there like a hundred percent of the time. It's, it's a, our strongest placement. And I was like, okay, well, let's look at your impression share report. And I had the report downloaded and for the keyword he was referring to, they were only winning 10% of impression share for sponsor products, which means that for any keyword or any search term, you can pull and see exactly how much market share you're winning which is absolutely insane that we're getting this data because then we can make decisions based off what our competitors are doing. We know that if we're only winning 10% of sponsored product impressions, we can increase our bids, go much more aggressive and win more market share. So that's one of my absolute favorite rollouts that we've seen. We've started making bidding decisions based off it for some of our enterprise brands because it allows us to think more big picture. It allows us to see like where we have room to grow and then you can compare your conversion rate and all kinds of other factors. So that's that's my absolute favorite one. Other fun things in the space are video and search product targeting. That's a really big one. Amazon's had a few issues with rolling out video and search on the product detail page. That's why sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. But it's a really cool placement directly under frequently bought together. So anyone who's scrolling down to see their A plus content is going to see you know video ads that are sponsored targeting your top competitors. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for scale there. Amazon Post and the follow button, I think are a huge opportunity for sellers. We know Amazon's willing to get into the social game and it's gonna help with everything from like launching products to just telling your brand stories. So that, that was a really cool update we saw in the space also. Yeah, this was something that I actually talked about with uh, Liron a couple episodes ago about the follow button and the social media aspect that Amazon's actually rolling into. And I have a feeling that this is going to be more beneficial for buyers and sellers at the end of the day, especially since they can follow their favorite brands and they don't have to go over to Facebook or Instagram. If they just want right there, we can do they can do simple posts, they can do engagements. And that right there, just by providing a simple quick coupon, uh, specifically on Amazon, can easily move the needle, especially if they're 
directing them straight to the product or if they're even having a specific keyword tied to that. What do you see as the future of the advertising platform on Amazon? Because you've been clearly deep in the game for five years. You've cut your teeth. You know what's going on. You've come back with battle scars. But what are your thoughts on the Amazon platform moving forward and how it's going to expand? I think the biggest thing we're going to see is a focus on brand. I think when Amazon got started, they needed to have all kinds of sellers selling products. Really, they, they need that volume to really grow Amazon as is. But now what they're starting to see is a customer doesn't need to see 500 blue pins on page one. They want to see the best blue pin. They really want to see like whatever is the best option for the customer. So instead of it being like, free-for-all on throwing up products getting ranked. I think Amazon's really going to start putting more money into telling your brand story, how you can have the best product rather than the cheapest product, how you can really relate to your customers. So we've seen this with small things like Post, you know, really being able to tell that story. It's been rumored that we're going to be able to put money behind Post, which is going to be an amazing opportunity to advertise those things. I'm sure it'd be similar to like editorial recommendations. We're going to get the opportunity to expand video ads even further because that's been a hot topic for all sellers. Like everyone loves video ads. Customers are definitely getting a lot of value out of them. So I think that's going to be big. More lifestyle images, more imagery. So when we're running ads on like Facebook or Instagram, you really have the opportunity to build your ad. You can create the images, the lifestyle, the content behind that. On Amazon, we've never had that opportunity. I think we're going to get that opportunity. I think we're going to be able to have more creative control than ever before. So that way we can relate to our audience in ways that we've never been able to because Amazon's always had such strict regulations on what you can and can't say. The imagery you're allowed to upload, like everyone deals with projections every single day because they have such strict guidelines and I don't know if they'll loosen those guidelines per se, but I think they'll give us more opportunity within those guidelines to tell our brand story. It almost sounds like Amazon is setting up these platforms to push out the other platforms like Facebook and Shopify and Instagram by combining all these very unique features and then having them in one place so that anytime somebody comes back, whether it's the brand they like or their product that they've searched for in the past, that they can just actively re-engage and they can almost pick up where they left off. What do you see as the most beneficial advertising platform for a mid to higher level seller? Is it video or is it a sponsored display ad? Is it sponsored product ads? In your expert opinion, what do you see as the most beneficial way of doing that? I think it's being so aligned with every single ad type that you can hand off like your customer journey. Um, I can pick like one specific ad type and it'd probably be like DSP in all honesty, because I think that's where we're seeing a lot of the industry shift is to be able to use audience insights and get incredibly micro with your targeting. And DSP is the only platform that allows us to see audience insights. So I think Amazon's DSP is like one of the most beneficial things. But what we've seen when we're auditing these accounts and the biggest mistakes being made is they're not looking at the full picture. They'll have like sponsored products doing amazing, but their sponsored brands are terrible. And it's not one or the other. You need to have that full brand presence. You want customers to see your ads everywhere. Just like Coke still pays for billboard ads. Every single person knows who Coke is, yet they're still paying for billboard ads. Like that tells you something about the subconscious of a consumer. So when we're looking at an Amazon advertising account, auditing it, we're looking to make sure like they're targeting their ranking keywords in sponsored products and sponsored brands, but they're also targeting every single competitor with sponsored display. 
And then we're looking at making sure that their video and search ad is running, but they're still winning the headline search ad placements. So that way you have both of those scroll spots absolutely dominated. And then if you're paying a lot on the search side, then making sure you're remarketing that audience with DSP. So you're getting those multiple touch points and that's really the evolution. I think we're shifting away from an advertising game where you're paying for ads to a marketing game where you're really looking at the brand presence and how you market to a specific consumer at any point in time. And I think, I think that's the next big step for brands. That sounds like a very big step for brands. On Amazon, how often do your ads usually engage with a buyer before they actually convert? Is it usually on the first time or is it is it multiple reevaluations of the ad targeting? Amazon's released data that's typically multiple touch points. Mm-hmm. Uh, this number has probably changed, but I believe three years ago at AdCon, they had, they had released the data that the average purchases happened like five days after someone initially views a product. I would assume that consideration period is shorter now that people are more comfortable with Amazon that they're probably buying like much quicker, but DSP gives you that data. And that's where it's very powerful because like a higher price point product, you're going to need multiple touch points. People aren't going to look at that and want to spend $300. They're going to look at it and then go shop around somewhere else. And then they're going to come back and then you're going to want to remarket them. And then they're probably going to purchase like maybe on day three. Being able to have that data and have it be accessible on DSP is where you can make more informed decisions. Cause on the search side, we don't get any of that. Like I can get a search term, but I can't get like point of time, any type of audience insight. So that's a huge point. Cause I think most people are under the impression that like the first time someone views they'd purchase. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's not the case. And that's why we have a 14 day attribution window and things like that. So that way, when people look at your listing, click on your ad and they come back two weeks later, we still get credit for that. That's fantastic. And you even get the credit for the keyword that they've converted on as well. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. So that even touches back to the way that rebate campaigns were originally set up, where it's just zero valuation, zero understanding of the product, zero engagement on the product. And now people are just actively going to a listing with a specific keyword and then just converting right there on the spot. And that's just sending the wrong signal over to Amazon. And Amazon has historic data from other brands or other similar products like that. And they're doing this analysis. They're saying, okay, this brand over here is obviously doing it this way. This brand right over here is getting a massive conversion rate. Uh, What's going on with those two? Uh, What are your thoughts in regards to PPC strategies with rebate campaigns? Do you see them as beneficial? Do you see them as contradictory? How do they clash? How do they work together? We've played around lightly with them. What we typically see like at the end of the day, just like you mentioned, you just want to have a really natural consumer path. That's kind of the biggest thing. So what we usually recommend doing, if anyone's running anything externally, we actually kind of pause PPC for whatever keywords they're going. Because like what we find is consumers are really lazy and rather than looking for a product or anything like that, they always click on the ad. Mm -hmm. So we typically like allow it to just be focused on whatever ranking strategy is being ran. And then the moment that's over, we want to hit the PPC hard so it does look more organic. So that way it's not just a random spike in sales within a 24 hour period and Amazon being like, that's definitely like ranking manipulation. We want to continue pushing ads very aggressively, focusing on top of search. So that way we can try to make the consumer journey like look much more natural. 
So it's almost like giving a car NOS and allowing it to take off. That's a very terrible Fast and the Furious reference, but uh, just go with it and you'll 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 understand it. Just ha ask your kids. They've seen that movie at least a dozen times. With that being said, I definitely want to take this conversation into uh, a very interesting path. You mentioned something earlier in regards to Amazon focusing on brands and how they want to show the one specific product that somebody's searching for and on a very high level. Do you feel that this strategy right over here is going to eliminate all the Me Too competitors in the marketplace? Or is this going to change up the way that people actually do product research on Amazon? Yes. Yes to all of it. My favorite thing in the groups is when people, people are kind of talking about like, oh, Amazon did this and they're trying to hurt sellers and they're doing this. Like Amazon was never created to allow people to get rich quickly. Like I feel like that's Shopify created a platform for brands. Amazon's never like created a platform to benefit the brands per se. So it's like, you have to understand that getting into it. That way when Amazon does something that hurts you, you can be like, oh, it probably does benefit the consumer. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's always been Amazon's number one focus. It started with shipping and that was their competitive advantage. And now everything they do is really trying to provide the absolute best experience for the customer. So having 98 me too products that are the exact same private label product from the exact same manufacturer with a different box that's being delivered in that doesn't value anyone other than the fact that's a race to the bottom so you do get cost advantage mm -hmm. but yes i think that we're going to see a shift in where the best products truly win mm -hmm. and i think it's really cool because you'll see like products that are on the retail shelf and you know about them and you go to amazon and you look at their reviews and they're terrible and it's like how many like millions of customers have been buying this product from Target and Walmart and you go to Amazon, you actually look at the product and you see it's like absolutely terrible. And I think that's a cool shift in the industry where we're seeing a focus on like products that truly benefit the customer and they're the best products for everyone. I really think that like brands who care about their products and who are launching amazing products that truly do benefit the customer that's where it's going to see a shift. That's always been Amazon's focus. Amazon was never built for sellers to make a ton of money selling terrible products. We were able to do that. There was an advantage of that when it was really early on, mm -hmm. but that's no longer the focus or the opportunity in the space. It's getting way too competitive for that. The brands that are gonna last the longest are the brands who truly care about the value in the products that their customers are receiving. So speaking of value of products, what do you see as the uh, lifetime cycle of new products released in the marketplace versus the ones that are actually innovating on a particular product? Trick question, maybe. Not my expertise. Gotcha. <laughs> I would say, I think it's so much more competitive nowadays to just like innovate and launch a new product. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know as much about this area. I've never launched my own product in itself. But I do think that there's so much value in innovating on products when you go into retail, the majority of the products that are on the shelf have been on the shelf for a long time. They know the right people. They're doing enough scale to get onto the shelves. Mm -hmm. Amazon's different. You don't need that proof of concept prior. You can launch with, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And I think that means that we can be more innovative because we can launch a new version of a product and get it onto Amazon immediately rather than like launching a product then selling units and then having to go talk to a buyer it was much harder to be flexible in retail and Amazon allows us to be more flexible. So uh, speaking of innovation, when it comes to products, how would you go about ranking a product that is completely innovative, but it doesn't fit into any kind of keyword category? You're going to have to go broad and just know that your conversion rate may not be as fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that all the time with new, new products in the space. There's no competition whatsoever. 
but they don't fit into that little box. And then they try to bid on the keywords that are closely related and it doesn't convert well. At the end of the day, for any product you're launching, you have to get visitors to your page. So whether you're doing that externally through, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook marketing, that can maybe allow you to be more niche and then driving that traffic to Amazon, or you're targeting keywords that aren't a hundred percent perfect, but they're relevant enough that a customer can understand what they're going to look at once they click on your ad. It's kind of what you have to do. And then you just have to hope that you're listing so fantastic and in such a good spot that even consumers who aren't directly looking for your product are going to want to buy your product. Like at the end of the day, that's where you're really driving that conversion. You're being more disruptive. You're driving people to your page who were never interested in your product in the first place and then making them interested and making them convert. So I would say a very interesting topic that I know about you, Destiny. Would you say that it's uh, was your destiny to actually go into the PPC space specifically for Amazon? I know that's a terrible pun with your name, but tell me a little bit how you actually got into this space. And then I'm going to throw in that little tidbit of information that I know at the end. So I need to wait with that tidbit? Should I lead with it? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say the little bit of tidbit that I know is that you actually have an affinity for fixing classic cars. And this is breaking down vehicles and diagnosing them. Would you say that led to your uh, your your passion for also breaking down listings and campaigns and diagnosing those as well and fixing them? <laughs> it's a stretch, <laughs> but I could definitely see how it's related. I think the part that actually makes this a little bit more interesting is I'm based out of Bentonville, Arkansas, and Arkansas in itself is probably you know a little bit of country. Like mm-hmm. I feel like people think of us and think like they're country. Um, but I'm based in like Walmart world. So the Walmart home office is here, like everything's here. So it almost makes it a little bit funnier that I did get into the Amazon space because no one in my area like speaks Amazon because fun fact, Walmart's still the largest retailer in the world. Mm-hmm. We're so sucked up into Amazon that I think we kind of forget that they do have a direct competitor and it is Walmart. Mm-hmm. But that's like the coolest thing about being here is yes, I you know, worked on classic cars growing up, rode ATVs, like lived this whole country mindset, being in the backyard of Walmart. And then I somehow ended up in this ridiculous industry of Amazon. I don't know anything else. So if Amazon shuts down, like I'm going to have to really, it's going to be a stretch. I've never done anything else. So yes, all in all, yes to all the things. I have a feeling that you'd be able to easily transition over to Google ads. I hope so. It's a good backup plan at this point. Hey, you know, it's another avenue of business for you. You never know. You know, just learn it and learn it well. And you can set up campaigns very similar to PPC. My my previous guest is actually diving deep into uh, Google ads. So that's something that I, I think would be another avenue uh, for your business. What I would like to know is with Amazon moving in the direction of branding and following and page engagement and things like that. Uh, for for these particular brands, what's the likelihood that they start initiating like a PPC campaign directed towards push notifications on mobile apps? I, I could definitely see it making sense with DSP. I mean, they're they're really playing around with some creative things. Um, Walmart already utilizes something somewhat similar with push notifications on like .com. You have to pay for what's called AMG to get it. Um, WMG Walmart Media Group. And it's a very similar program where you like receive notifications of, hey, Father's Day is around the corner, check out these products. And you have a very specific list of their largest vendors that are able to pay for that. It's primarily impression-based, which is where Walmart, I think, went wrong because Walmart only works with vendors typically. On Amazon, I think we're going to get those capabilities. Even small things, like you can run a DSP ad that says, 
hey, device name, add this product to cart. And I can't say it right now because my device will go off and it's really obnoxious during podcast. But that's like really where the direction we're going. Like instead of doing like traditional lift tests where it's like, oh, this is a really broad campaign. Like we can get so precise that we can target certain phones, certain Kindle devices mm-hmm. with our ads. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I believe one of the guests I was talking to, or at least a friend, mentioned something about getting ads for Amazon products while they were watching, I think it was like Prime or something like that. They were watching something on their Fire Stick and they got, they got, they're serving ads to people that would be potential buyers Uh in the middle of, uh, like during a commercial break, which I thought was pretty impressive. So the fact that Amazon's going to this very robust multimedia platform is is really intriguing because now there's high levels of production value. There's very unique targeting. There's very broad targeting, very specific. Honestly, uh, I think that's actually pretty cool that they're really trying to tap into this multifaceted advertising platform. Do you see your brand or better AMS going into the video space or into push notification space or into any of these unique niche spaces that could potentially encompass PPC? A hundred percent. It's things that we're already playing with OTT videos like over the top. And that's, you have the option to be like, Hey, do you want to play your video ad over Twitch? Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Now, as with everything Amazon, they roll these things out with like ridiculous minimums of like, hey, let's spend a hundred grand on push notifications. And it's very, very costly. And the return's like, oh, you were served 7 million impressions. And I'm like, but what converted? They're like, oh no, it doesn't matter. You were served 7 million impressions. Mm-hmm. So the barrier to entry on these things is usually super high, which makes it harder to get into and play around with tests. But that's exactly the direction that we're going. Like we're playing around with all these things already. And I think it's just going to be more and more openly available to everyone because as sponsored ads get more expensive, Amazon needs to have that advertising dollars go somewhere. So I think they're going to open up those placements for more people. Do you ever see that Amazon is actually going to roll out an additional feature that may actually just take up a unique spot on the Amazon mobile app that you wouldn't actually see on desktop. Potentially. Yeah. Um, we can, com- again, control those supply sources on DSP. Mm-hmm. You can say, here, I only want to run these ads on mobile. I only want to run these ads on desktop. I only want to run these ads on the New York times. Mm-hmm. You have that kind of really precise control. So I could definitely see them having more opportunities like that, especially as you talk about push notifications and things like that on mobile, like being able to see it directly on your phone makes a big difference. So I would uh, like to close out this conversation with a little little bit uh, more information about you getting involved into the Amazon space. Like what sparked that? What was, what was the trigger? Was it just like, I need to pivot from one career choice to another? Or it's just like, I am interested in Amazon. This sounds like a cool advertising platform. Let me try to get yeah, into it. Yeah, I, I got started directly out of college. Actually, I think I was still going to school. It was like my senior year of college. And again, I'm in Walmart world. So every single vendor has like a home office in this area, something like that. So that way they can have close relationships with the Walmart buyers. And there was an Amazon agency that got started in this space. And it was one of the first Amazon agencies. It was a full consulting agency. And I got hired as their first digital media intern. So it was really cool. I was the first person in the whole like company learning sponsored ads, very overwhelming at the time being like 22 years old and learning these things. And the agency in itself scaled incredibly quickly. So I was working with um, some of the largest vendors on the platform within like a year and a half of being there. So I went from like $500, $500 a month budgets to $10 million a quarter budgets, like within a year and a half 
And it was an amazing learning opportunity because it was trial by fire and I got thrown into it incredibly quickly. And then um, at the time, like they kind of scaled too quick. So I transitioned into my role now at Better AMS. <laughs> and it was like the best thing ever. It was like so natural. It was not supposed to happen. It was not in my career path. I think I, like I started going to school for early childhood education. And then I was like, no, this isn't going to work. And now looking back, it's like I'm the CEO of an Amazon advertising company. A lot of people don't even understand like it's a real job and it's absolutely amazing. But I will say, I think the cards just lined up really well. It was like nothing that I ever planned on doing. And to go back to the pun that I said earlier, it was your destiny. So with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap this call up. I don't want to keep it too long. I want to keep it very precise and full of impactful information. Destiny, tell us where people can find you. Well, if you want to check me out on LinkedIn, add me on Facebook. I'm posting content like nine times a week on just updates in the Amazon space, Amazon advertising. If you want to check out our company, go to betterams.com. And if you want to check out our YouTube videos, go to the Better AMS YouTube channel. Awesome. And you can find that that's B-E-T-T-E-R-A-M-S. And you can find her on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I think you sent us a bunch of socials. Yeah, I asked for a ton. Yeah, Destiny's a super cool woman. Make sure that you hire a company. Make sure that you meet the criteria. If you don't meet the criteria, don't worry. Come back in a month. You'll definitely meet the criteria. And if you've enjoyed this content, you can definitely go over to EliteSeller.com. That's E-L-I-T-E-S-E-L-L-E-R. Go to our pricing page. Sign up for a 14-day free plan. Make sure that you put the code JOSH15. That's J-O-S-H-1-5. And at checkout, hit apply. That's 15% off for life. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Elite Seller Show. Destiny was shown. Fantastic guest. You're more than welcome to come back any other time. Thank you. No problem. No problem.